Inglewood Live. George, I think you need to do the And here we go. You do it better. <laughs> and here we go. Here we go, George. And we're live. We're live, George. Back again. So good to be back. So good to be back after an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. So a much little, as... A little delay, but we're back. A little bit of delay. We're back. We're back again. You know, it's been a while, but we're back in style. So get Indeed. set to have some fun. And what are we here for? What is this, George? This is the Be Careful What You Cast For podcast, where exactly. we, Justin and George, you know, two grown adults by legal mm. standards, you know, mm. two doctors by legal standards, mm. yeah, go over Goosebumps books by R.L. Stein. Correct. And today we are doing what, George? The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. The Werewolf by- of Fever Swamp. It's book 14. Book 14. Book yes. 14. So book 13 didn't kill us. Uh, we managed to get through the 13th book, you know, and we've managed to get through the 20th year of this millennium. So Yeah. This yeah. book was released in 1993. Mm-hmm. I believe it was released in December 1993. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are and correct. And it's a book by R.L. Stein. <laughs> yes, by your, your favorite author, R.L. Stein. Mm-hmm. Interestingly... You know, this book had exactly one, two, three pages, 123 pages in this book. And George, do you want to tell us what you thought of the book at a very high level? At a high level, I I don't know if this is one of my favorite books, Justin. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I've seen better from uh, Mr. Stein. And um, yeah, what what about you, Justin? Well, as I've said about some of the other books that we've read, you know, sometimes I say it had a little bit of a slow start. And I will once again say this book had a little bit of a slow start. However, I would also like to add that it had a little bit of a slow middle and even (laughs) arguably had a bit of a slow end. But we'll talk through it in great detail. Definitely. We definitely will. We definitely will. So should we discuss the covers briefly, George? Yes. So the primary cover, uh, you remember the 90s when people used to have those were- those wolves howling at the moon t-shirts and bags? For sure. You remember that? It kind of became so, a meme in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I, what was what was the like backing of that meme? Do you remember? Um, I think it was just kind of a uh, just a thing. I guess in a sense it was kind of always a meme to have like pictures of wolves like howling at moons. Mm-hmm. Wolves are of course quite cool. Yeah, everyone so you'd knows see it on, you'd see cool. it on t-shirts. You'd see it on like tapestries and stuff. Mm-hmm. A blanket, just like a a classic icon. Yeah, yeah. So this looks like they took one of those and then photoshopped like water to be green, and then dropped um, a t-shirt and a hat next to it. You know, yeah. with the quote of "Who's afraid of the big bad wolf?" Not very original, but it's got some nice colors. It's colorful. It's got some greens and purples. It's standard Goosebumps colors. I mean, all the way, you know, like the green and purple, that just screams Goosebumps to me. Yeah, you know? I like the color palette a lot. Palette and is- it's not like really a cover or an image that like really grabs you. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just a wolf. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a bad cover. And then in 2003, it's exactly the same. It's They, they, they just cropped it in a little... They actually... Cropped out a lot of the good artwork of the trees, and it looks like yeah. the detail is less. Yeah. Like, 
and the color palette is still kind of there but like muted a bit like the greens are still vibrant but you lose some of the purple and it's like not as not as nice it's like they're trying to save on ink you know it's yeah it's, and they add more of like um a frame around mm-hmm. the image sort of and it's like a drippy sort of sort of frame yeah but it's not as good overall and the 2009 cover i have not looked at yet yeah definitely look at that cover the uh, oh boy yeah, oh, just yeah. pull that up yeah um so similarly to the other goosebumps books when they did like the new covers in the 2000s they got a little bit more cartoonish and a little bit goofier mm-hmm. um i don't i don't like it as much so instead of it being like what appears to just be a wolf it's mm-hmm. like more like an anthropomorphic wolf like standing on his hind legs more i guess a little bit more like a wolf man but mm-hmm. its head looks more i would say camel like than it should <laughs> And it's like got a weird kind of a strange body. It looks there's like still a, somebody in a wolf suit. Yeah, you know, it's and there's like, still a moon in the background and like uh, swamp looking swampy trees. But it's it's like um, yeah, the, the artist was not as good as the original artist. It seems the covers all got kind of like goofy looking in the the redesign in like the the two thousands. Yeah. And actually, I don't even know who did the cover art of the redesigns. The original for this one, as always, as almost always, is Tim Jacobus. Tim Jacobus. The redesigns. I don't think he did the redesigns, but I don't even know who did. So I got to figure that out at some point. Justin, wait till you see the UK design. Oh boy. The UK design. Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to talk about that after we go through the story? Oh, do we normally save those for after the story? We usually do international covers in our odds and ends section at the end of the podcast episode. All right, so we have to give you something to look forward to. But I'm happy to jump into story if you'd like, George. I think story is what we should jump into, Justin. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. There are some questions that I have, like high-level questions about werewolves in general, Mm -hmm. but we can Mm -hmm. kind of jump into it in the context of the story. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started. But before we do, George, let's give our listeners a moment to pause the podcast, read the book, and then return to the podcast. Oh, because we all know our our listeners are diligent readers. They have their library cards. They, you know, got lots of pizzas through Book It, you know. And I think Book It might still be around. So, it is. Um, I believe it is, yeah. So why don't you go ahead, find the book, read all 123 read. pages. Get yourself a personal pan pizza. Get yourself a personal pan pizza. Come back with the pizza. You can listen to us while you do it. Perfect. And unpause your podcast. So go ahead and do that right now. Do it right now. And we're back. And we're back. Wasn't that a good book? I thought it was an okay book. And let's that was talk about it in great detail right now. <laughs> so the story starts out with our main character, Grady, telling us that his family moved to Florida during Christmas vacation. So this is a winter story. I think like the, the month in which the story takes place... December. Always at this per- this period it coincided with the release month of the book. So this was mm-hmm. a December release. It's a Christmas it's a Christmas season story and Christmas vacation. But since it takes place in Florida, mm-hmm. it's not winter. It's not a winter story. It's a it's kind of a steamy, warm uh, Florida winter story. So yep. it's not yep. like an icy story. It's a hot summer story. But yep. it's in December. So his family has moved to the swamplands of Florida. And soon after they arrive, before Grady's able to kind of settle in and get comfortable, he hears howling coming from the nearby swampy wilderness. And these are menacing, angry howls that make Grady feel quite unwelcome in the swamp. He originally had been very excited about the move, but the howls have him very concerned. Before we even get into that, the first thing first, the first trope of R.L. Stein, new house, check. Yep. 
Yeah, we're in a new house. The kid's got to be, I mean, we got a kid. Yeah, That's we got a kid, and it's his standard. 12th birthday. Check. You know, tell you exactly how old he is. Yeah, and moving to a new setting, yes, it's very, very common theme. So, yep, he's going to be in like an unfamiliar place, an unfamiliar space, and mm-hmm. trying to kind of uh, figure out the mysteries of his new surroundings. Yeah. yeah, apparently, so they moved there because the dad wanted to see if South American swamp deer can survive in Florida. Now, there are two different things of that. First and mm-hmm. foremost... I've, Justin, have you ever heard of South American swamp deer? I have not. And secondly, this sounds like an invasive species. For sure. Yeah, I knew you would take issue with this, George. But, <laughs> but that's the situation. Grady's father, Michael Tucker, is a scientist from the University of Vermont. He studies South American swamp deer. Um, and they're not like North American deer that, that we know. They're like they've got webbed feet and red fur. And they want Professor Tucker wants to see if these deer can adapt to the swamps of Florida. So to your point, George, this absolutely seems like an invasive species situation. You're introducing these South American deer into the swamps of Florida. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? But this is definitely bad science at this point. You know, continuing with the trend of R.L. Stein, not, you know, not being able to write good science, but... We'll see where this goes. There's no explanation of the purpose of this uh, venture, this experiment. We were not able to, we didn't, couldn't get our hands on the grant that Professor no. Tucker would have had to write to get the funds to move these deer to North America. But he's got these swamp deer. He was going to introduce them to the Florida swamps, and he's going to stick radio transmitters on them and see whether they can adapt. Uh, it's, it, it, yeah. I don't understand it. Grady has an older sister named Emily who was a lot less excited about the move Mm -hmm. to Florida. Uh, And he's also got a mom who's also a scientist. Apparently, Emily was was very blonde. That was a main feature of her personality, being very blonde. Very blonde. Very blonde. And they've moved to this new setting, as you you mentioned, George. They're living in a pretty secluded, swampy area of Florida. Mm -hmm. There's a few neighbors around, but they really are kind of surrounded, immersed in nature, and Grady spends a lot of his time bird watching with his binoculars. So it's mm-hmm. a very uh, naturey environment. Yeah. Great place to, to be as a 12 year old boy growing up in the late, mid to late 90s. So, yeah. so yeah. So Grady likes bird watching. And one day he's, he's looking through his binoculars and he sees this big, interesting looking bird. He asks his sister if they can follow it into the swamp. She says she's waiting for the mail. So she doesn't want to go. And Grady says, Oh, are you waiting for a love letter from Martin? Mm-hmm. And he's grinning and he says, Emily hated it when I teased her. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a side note for you, George, why is that such a common thing of teasing people when they're young for having any sort of like romantic involvements with people? Uh, Emily is being, she's like a teenager, right? And she's yeah. being teased for wanting to hear from the boyfriend that she was totally dragged away from by her family, totally yeah. against her will. And for, for Grady to kind of pick on her, obviously, yes, he's a child, yes. but where did he learn these habits? I, it's like th- a cultural thing to treat children kind of as a joke. Yeah. Like when someone's speaking to a child and they're like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. It's like, Stop you it. have feelings and that's hilarious. Like, where <laughs> does that come from? Because I guess the joke is basically like, you don't understand how trivial and pointless your feelings are at this time in your life, but <laughs> oh, wow. I do. And that's amusing to me. <laughs> or, or it's like, 
look at you like trying to be like an actual human being. <laughs> wow. Like does, it seems like this <laughs> reflects like adults insecurities and yeah. it makes them feel important because they can pretend that their concerns are actually like the important things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I really that hate is, that. So that's looking at it from a different angle, but yeah, that is, that is pretty telling. It's sort of like, yeah, just minimizing the feelings of the child and not helping them to build healthy communication about relationships and, you know, the desire to be in a relationship and thus, 100%. Per, thus making it a situation where, relationship talk needs to be hidden and just basically distancing the the parent or adult from the child in terms of relationship talk you know forcing yeah. the child to seek advice from other children as opposed to learn from the last generation yes so if any of our listeners have children and you see that the child you know appears to be developing a relationship with someone that they may have some sort of romantic feelings for mm-hmm. And if you're like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? You're the worst. You're the worst. You you're are the worst. you are creating lifelong relationship problems and problems with intimacy. Yes. yes. Exactly. Thank you. So yes. Um, but to <laughs> Emily's credit, Grady's like, oh, are you waiting for a love letter from Martin? And Emily says, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I like Emily so far. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I am. Um, but the parents overhear Grady's request to go for a walk and Emily's reluctance, and they say, hey, just go on a walk with your brother. Emily says she's got a bad feeling about going out into the swamp, and Grady says, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Two children going into swamps they haven't been in before. You know, that, that um, yeah, that's a little bit odd. Justin, when you were younger, did you go, ever go venture into swamps in Florida by yourself or with a sibling, not knowing where you were I, going? I was, uh, I never had the opportunity to explore a swamp, mm-hmm. but uh, in the Midwest, we did have... Um, relatively dry woods wooded areas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and definitely yeah would go do a bit of exploring but also like where i grew up there was like a lot of farmland around there so like mm. the areas of like the wooded areas were pretty small you okay. couldn't really get lost in there or anything like you could see the other end from the inside of it from the middle of it yeah you're still probably going to be able to hear traffic like on oh, wow. one in some direction yeah like i know that um when i was growing up in Piscataway. There are certain areas of even the block they used to live on where it was um, kind of really overgrown, where you could actually just kind of go in and not really know the way out. Um, again, mm. I was not I was not that much of an adventurous child. Um, you know, I was what you would call a reasonable child, I think. Right. You yeah. Know? But um, so that's that's why I've not been kidnapped, to my knowledge. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, like I don't think I would ever. Just go into a random swamp um, yeah. by, by myself, you know, of my own volition. So Yeah. I think I probably would have, to be honest. But when I'm, like, thinking about, like, our explorations in the woods, I remember, like, we used to think that there were, like, gangs that, like, hung out in the woods. <laughs> and we would sometimes, like, find... I kind of remember, like, finding, like, symbols. And the symbol of this gang, as I recall, and I haven't thought about this in many 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 years mm-hmm. was like a, a picture of like a pistol like a gun like a handgun oh. with like a star next to it and I, I vaguely remember us like finding that like drawn on like a a concrete wall for mm-hmm. in like this tunnel in the woods and we were like oh my god it's the gangs <laughs> like it's, hide out it's the gang but side. there was for sure like there was like no gang activity 
anywhere near there. So are you sure that wasn't like like a hobo symbol? Because there's like a whole list of like hobo um, symbols that are out there. I don't know the hobo symbols. It could very well have been a hobo symbol. Yeah, we should probably check. I don't know what it would have meant, but yeah, gun gun with a star. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely gonna have to draw that for me before this podcast is over. Okay, so we could definitely we'll look up the hobo symbols at the end. We'll put in odds and ends, you know. But that's like yeah, that's like classic like youth adventure stuff Mm -hmm. when you're just like you and the neighborhood kids like walking through the woods yeah like stumbling across like a symbol for like a gang and you're like oh my god there's gangs here we gotta get out of here and there was like it's just like imagined almost entirely imagined dangers yeah yeah like i remember in the woods when i've gone with you know some friends there's like uh like a, a mattress in the forest that you jump on and stuff like that uh, there, but also in New Jersey, they made sure to make sure we were completely terrified of de- deer ticks and Lyme disease. So that was another reason I try to stay away from the bush. You know, yeah, that's good thinking. I think there there was definitely some fear of that where I'm from too. Um, mm, I don't yeah. remember ever getting a tick on me, but I don't think a, I got thing. on me. But but yeah, so these kids, Emily and what was the guy's name, Josh. Grady. Grady. <laughs> I feel like Josh is such like a classic like Goosebumps protagonist name. Was was but. was that a name from the first one? I think it was, yeah. Josh and Amanda. Josh and Amanda. One. Ah, good <laughs> good callback. So yeah. Emily and Grady, which have you ever met anyone named Grady? I have not. Um the only Grady, like the name Grady that comes to mind for me is like there's a character named Grady in The Shining. Mm. And I do think that R.L. Stein has a tendency to slip in like little references to horror classics. So mm. I suspect that Grady is based on the the Grady from The Shining. Although mm. there are really like zero similarities in terms of the characters. Okay. All right. That's Just the what, name possibly huh. lifted from, from another previous old book. Yeah. Better book, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, back to our story. Grady and Emily are off wandering through the woods. It's hot and humid. They're walking through some dense foliage that's scratching up their legs a little bit. And the swamp is noisy with animal sounds, lots of birds, insects, frogs. Uh, usual swamp, cast of swamp characters, basically. Kind of standard classic swamp. Overall, Emily is not really enjoying it very much. She keeps saying that they should just go back, but Grady ignores her. And they keep walking deeper into the swamp. Mm. They come across a couple of ponds, the first of which is a little bit like kind of a clear water pond, mm-hmm. nice pond. And then they come across another one that's like really thick with like algae and plants. It's like a more of a bog. And Grady carefully moves right up to the edge and looks closely at the water. And he's like trying to like peek into the bog and be like, oh, this bog is so disgusting. And he feels two hands shoving him from hard from behind and he screams and he starts to fall in before mm-hmm. Emily grabs him and pulls him back. And she says, gotcha. <laughs> because that's what you do. You, you pretend to shove your brother into a probably leech filled pond. Cause we've all seen, what was that? Stand by me. Possible. I've actually never seen or read that. Which was the thing where like all the, the young boys go into the woods and they all go swimming and they all get leeches on themselves. I don't know. I if it's same by me, uh, it's very possible. I've never seen it. But there's like I think yeah, it's like kids on like summer adventures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of goosebumps folks are gonna feel kind of uh, stand by me ish. I think. Yeah, yeah. Even though I haven't seen it, like I'm aware of it. I I, I, I've it seen it like on TV several times, and I, I always keep remembering those um, 
that leech scene, you know. Mm. Place a thumbs up in the chat if you remember the leech scene from that movie. Mm. So, <laughs> but yeah, Grady almost gets shoved into the swamp water, and he says to Emily, "Like, hey, you, you almost pushed me into quicksand." And Emily says, "That's not actually quicksand; that's a peat bog." Mm. Don't you know anything? <laughs> so Grady doesn't know his quicksand from his peat bog. I mean, what, what what an idiot! He <laughs> doesn't know idiot. his quicksand from his peat bog. <laughs> so they walk a little bit more and get distracted by some large falcons before they realize that they don't quite know where they are anymore. They've gotten a bit lost. And they start to get scared, and it appears that they are completely lost. They do not know the way home. And Emily's really upset. Grady says that she's not good at emergencies because Emily's freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Apparently, back in Vermont, Emily once got a flat tire during a driving lesson, and she jumped out of the car and ran. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that Emily, is, not great in an emergency. That is pretty rough. I mean, like, I mean, what has there ever been an emergency situation that you've been in that, uh, you reacted that badly to that I just ran from that Not you just ran from no you know I don't think so that you overreacted to sometimes fleeing is the right thing to do this is true this is if true. You get a flat tire during a driving lesson it is that, not the that right is thing not to do. so let that be a lesson to you when you when your tires go flat call AAA or Geico Geico uh, does offer um, roadside assistance if you have a policy with them Interesting. Did not know that. <laughs> but Emily, not, not great at crisis management. Grady tries to take charge of the situation and says that they should just reorient themselves based on the sun. Mm-hmm. But the trees in the swamp are so dense that they can't see the sun. So that's a problem. That's a problem. They really have no way to navigate. So they just kind of pick a direction that feels right. And they walk. And they end up finding the same bog as before. So possibly you've walked in a big circle. Mm-hmm. And from there, they start trying to um, navigate their way back. They see a couple signs of trees that look somewhat familiar and rocks that look somewhat familiar. Mm-hmm. So once they think they've got the direction figured out, they start running back towards what they think is their house. They're running and running until something reaches up and grabs Grady's foot and pulls him to the ground. Mm-hmm. George? Hmm. Guesses? Guesses? Is it an animal? Is it uh, perhaps a werewolf? It might be. It might be a werewolf, but... Um yeah, this is, uh, I, I believe, if I remember this book correctly, I think it's the old uh, fake-out tree root, correct? Yes. Is that what it was? The root. classic tree root. Classic tree root trip. Yep. yep. Well, uh, thank If you're f- running through the woods, running through a swamp, mm-hmm. and you're R.L. Stein, and you need to end, end a chapter, tree root. Tree root trip. The old tree root trip. Have you ever had the, uh, it's a variation of the tree root trip. Have you ever had the bag pull on the steps? The what? The the bag pull on the steps. You're going down some steps, bag and all pull. of a sudden it seems like someone's pulling your bag. Mm, but it's just like on the railing. Yeah, you're, you're the, gotcha, one of your straps yeah. hit the railing, and it pulled you back as if someone was trying to pull you back up the steps. Ever happened to you? Mm. I don't remember that specifically. One time. I'm this is I'm back in uh, school and I'm I got to print something in one building and get back to the next building. I'm really in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I'm running down the hallway like running out the door. Mm-hmm. I step out the door and I looped like the pocket of my jacket ah. on the door handle. Mm-hmm. Fucking ripped me back <laughs> down flat on my back on the ground. Oh, Brutal. No. Jacket like ripped open because oh, I was like no. running. Was it like it a nice took jacket? Me, took me down so hard. Yeah, it was like a. I liked it. 
did you, so, did you get fixed so, yeah. or it was just done? Probably so? not. No, I probably just kept wearing it. Yeah. The um, I was I was fine with rolling with that style at the time. Yeah, but that, Rip that jacket, no problem. Yeah, the doorknob. I've had like doorknobs uh, get caught in, like my pockets when I'm walking by or something like that. You know, the, 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 this, the, like the L shaped ones are notorious for being able to get caught in your pockets or, uh, pants loops too. So that, that could be more dangerous, you know? Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Be careful. Those door handles that are like kind of long and thin, like the L shape. Yeah. The L, the, the, like the ones that are good for accessibility. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're great for getting in and out for people of different abilities, but you know, they, 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 they're out to get you, you know? Yeah, I think I prefer it when it has like the extra piece that's like bent back towards the door, mm-hmm. so it's less of a hook mm-hmm. and more of just a handle thing. Mm-hmm. It like prevents some of the uh, unfortunate Hooking. snaggings of yeah. loose clothing. Yes, yes, yes. In the, uh, yes. <laughs> in, the in the in the chat, <laughs> anyone's chatting still. Uh, what what have you gotten snagged on uh, a door handle, railing, or tree stump? We'd love to hear. So Grady has just shipped over a tree root. They're they're still lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to stop for a second because there's something I kind of want to talk about up top. I kind of forgot to. Mm-hmm. On the subject of werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I need to better understand what that is. Okay. Because there's werewolves. I'm going to be honest. When I hear werewolf, mm-hmm. I think wolfman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's not necessarily right. I think... Mm-hmm. A, a werewolf is really kind of a person who turns into a wolf that looks like a wolf, and not necessarily an anthropomorphic wolf man. Ha. Is, that your, is that your understanding as well, George? So, my understanding is a werewolf is a person that can turn into a wolf creature, right? Mm. And I've seen different interpretations where they could go full wolf or like part wolf and things like that. I mean, um, I know if you go by something like True Blood. They're just basically shapeshifters that can turn into wolves. They're just shapeshifters, but that's true. They turn true into blood. wolves. They don't turn into like hairy, wolfy men. Wolf men. They turn into wolves. wolves. But that's that is true blood. And I've isn't s- the way it was in Twilight too. I haven't seen or read Twilight, I, but I think he turned into an actual wolf. I've not seen or read Twilight, but maybe it was a big wolf. I don't know. I've had people try to tell me mm. to to watch or read Twilight, and I resisted them um, mm. because of my priorities in my life. But um yeah, lycanthropy, that is something that yes. is interesting. I've seen some media where the actual person going through the change can choose the level that they change to, you know? Mm. So Yeah. And also if That's you th- interesting. So I've seen it where it's something that could be acquired through getting bitten or scratched. I've seen it where it's uh, something that is hereditary, as in with uh, Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf, uh, the uh, classic. Um, Yeah, in Teen Wolf, do they ever use the word werewolf? Werewolf? I don't know. Why wolf? Um, I don't know if they use the word werewolf or uh, lycanthropy or something like that. But everyone at school was surprisingly cool with it. From like day one, absolutely, yeah. Like it was like, oh, you you have this magic powers and you turn into this wolf man, but he could dunk a basketball. He so could dunk, he, he could really dunk. He could really dunk a basketball, and that makes us like him as a person. So it's been a while since I've teen, seen Teen Wolf. Do you remember how he became a werewolf? It was it was in the family. 
It was a, a family, oh, okay. and it like skipped over a generation. Like his father didn't have it, but his grandfather had it, and he figured out um, just like randomly on a full moon night. And his grandfather came in. He was also shaggy. He was like, "Uh, oh, we hoped it was gonna skip over you too, but this is what happens. Mm. You grow hair where there wasn't hair before, and blah 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 blah." Mm. So, and then he starts um, car surfing. Dunk, starts dunking. Yeah, he just starts dunking on people and things <laughs> like that. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack with a werewolf. What what you got there, Cor- Justin? Well, according to the Google, a werewolf, um, or occasionally lycanthrope, is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction with the transformations occurring on the night of a full moon. Mm-hmm. But the point is that they're saying can shift into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know it varies from story to story and from. Uh, place to place, mm-hmm. whether there's like an intermediate step where you're a wolf man, or mm-hmm. if you just go straight to all the way to wolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, to keep in mind. It is. It is. Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Are we going to at some point see a wolf that is uh, human in some way, or are we going to see a wolf man? I don't know. Or are we we'll just going to see a mistaken identity for a large wolf? You know, yep. well, we we will see. Stay tuned. Yep. Stay but back tuned. to Grady and Emily, they uh, Grady's pulled himself up from the ground after tripping over that tree root. They're still a bit lost. They continue on. It turns out they're still quite lost, but they can see a small shack hidden in the shadows mm-hmm. by some big trees. It's a small windowless and pretty crudely made shack, kind of thatched roof with a door made of tree limbs. Um, Does it appear to be a, a shack of- for love? Oh, maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. It's about, about 15 miles. From, yeah, from the Atlanta Highway. I mean, it's not. Mm. it doesn't does it have a tin roof that's rusted. Could very well. I don't know. Very, very <laughs> possible. But outside of the shack, this uh, mysterious shack, there's a pair of old boots sitting outside and ashes from a campfire. Grady asks Emily if she thinks anyone lives there. And then he thinks to himself that if anyone does live there, it's because they're trying to hide from the world. Mm-hmm. Then he says that he thinks it's a hideout for a bank robber or a killer. And Emily says, nah, maybe somebody here can tell us how to get home. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just uh, like a hunter's shack or something. Maybe they can give us directions back to our house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she calls out, is anyone home? There's no response. Mm-hmm. And then Grady steps up to the door, reaches for the doorknob. Bold. Bold move, Grady. Let's see if this works the, out for him. The door flings open and out steps a man with wild black eyes, long gray hair and a ponytail, mm-hmm. a bright red face and a menacing scowl mm-hmm. with rows of jagged yellow teeth. It says rows, rows. of jagged yellow teeth. Huh. Interesting. He's wearing dirty clothes and sandals. Hmm. Yeah. How about Grady, that? Grady wants to ask him who he is, but he just mumbles, Grady just mumbles, oh, sorry, and then realizes that his sister is already taken off. So... <laughs> Classic Emily move. She's already fleeing the situation. Grady's still like standing there, kind of mumbling and muttering, mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you." Mm-hmm. Sister's already like already hundred gone. yards away. Already gone. And so She's Grady turns safe. and starts running. He starts running after her, but then when Grady looks back, he sees that the man is chasing them. Mm-hmm. So, do they stumble upon a meth shack? Is that what they found? That's possible. We've got this wild character flinging open the door with his wild eyes, rows his of rows teeth. of yellow teeth. Yeah. yeah. Bright red face, mm-hmm. um, and um, he's dressed uh, in dirty clothes and sandals. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's chasing these children. George, does anything, any particular detail stand out to you here? Anything about the man's preparation or lack thereof? I mean, like in flip flops, 
running in flip flops? Is that what you're? That's exactly what I'm getting at. <laughs> you know me so too you... well. I didn't even make a note about that. But <laughs> yeah, there's no way he'd be able to keep up with two children while wearing flip flops unless he knew George, the area. When you're wearing sandals, what are you prepared to do? Not what a are thing. You prepared for? Not a th- maybe. Maybe go into the shower. You know. Maybe <laughs> you know. You know, take them off and, you know, go to the beach or st- step into the ocean or a pool. But no, not any sort of physical activity. No, 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 no. This, this, this man, unless he was wearing some sort of strapped uh, sandals, which, yeah, yeah but n- not flip flops, you know, or flat Well, he's flappers. wearing sandals and he's chasing after these children. He's bent low to the ground, taking long strides. He's breathing hard and his mouth is open, revealing his jagged teeth. That sounds like someone on drugs. If they're able to keep up with you while wearing flip flops, yeah, you yep. don't want to slow down at all. No, no, no. Absolutely. Emily and Grady are running and running and running with, and they're wearing sandals too, so they're also very Wait, they're wearing flip flops? They're wearing, it says sandals, I don't know. Well, I mean, they could be wearing sandals that are strapped down, you know. They, they, yeah. I mean, because flip-flops versus sandals, I mean, if... Big difference. They, they would have tripped and fallen already. And again, if his foot got snagged and he was wearing just flip-flops, that, that he, you know, he'd blow out that flip-flop, you know, when he stepped yeah. on that, you know, rooftop, so. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and as they're running, their sandals are sinking into the marshy swamp ground. So, um... They are running and running, but eventually they're exhausted. They can't run anymore. Mm-hmm. But they look back, and the man is gone. So they were able to escape, mm-hmm. evade him. Yeah. And fortunately, they were running for their lives in the right direction That's because they see some familiar landmarks that help them quickly find their way back home. It's always great when you're running for your life in the proper direction. You know that yeah. that that is ideal. You know what great fortune. What great fortune. So mom and dad are in the backyard. They're like, "Where have you been?" The kids say, "We got lost." And we got chased by a crazy person. And dad says, oh, yeah, I heard in town that there's a swamp hermit out there. That must have been him. A guy at the hardware store told me the swamp hermit is strange but perfectly harmless. The hermit's supposed to be completely harmless, kids. Don't worry about the stranger in the woods that you found in a shack by himself. He is harmless. Hey, Guy at the hardware store is apparently an expert on what is and is not a threat in the area. And Guy at the hardware store says that the swamp hermit, with his wild black eyes and rows of jagged yellow teeth Mm -hmm. and uh, tendency to chase children, he's harmless. Flip-flop. No, he's not going to hurt you. He's not gonna hurt you. Just don't let him catch you. That's all. If he can't, he's wearing flip-flops, so he'll never catch you. Yeah, from now on, kids, just wear shoes, Yes, and you'll always be able to outrun the swamp hermit. And well, Emily says, uh, harmless, then why did he chase us? And Mom says, maybe the kids shouldn't go back out there into the swamp. Mm-hmm. And Dad says, I just told you that the guy from the hardware store says that the swamp hermit is completely harmless. So that's real good, Professor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your family won't end up at the bottom of a bog. No. Everything's going to be fine. No, your family will be fine forever. As long as they uh, keep wearing their Naruto-style sandals. That's what I'm assuming they're wearing. The Naruto-style yeah. sandals that are essentially sneakers with exposed toes. So I think that's right. Yeah. But Emily, for one, has no intention of returning to the swamp. Grady is probably still going to go back out there at some point. He mm-hmm. helps his dad feed the swamp deer. Mm-hmm. And at the and at dinner... <laughs> Dad tells the family about how the captured swamp deer, how they captured the swamp deer back in South America. And he also tells the family that the name of the swamp that they live next to is called Fever Swamp. Mm-hmm. So he's telling them like a little bit of backstory about like the new area that they're living in. Mm-hmm. It's called Fever Swamp. He's not sure why, 
And he says, he's sure they'll find out eventually. Ha. That, that is the worst. He's like, he, I don't know why they call it Beaver Swamp. I'm sure we'll find out. I, I Do you think he's an actual real scientist or just someone who got some money from a relative and calls himself a scientist? This, uh, they do say that he, he was employed at the University of Vermont. Whether that's true or not, maybe that's his own delusion. Mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Cause, yeah, like, he's not showing the best judgment. Yeah, you're going to take your family to a place called Fever Swamp in a swamp bog in Florida. Um, when I hear Fever Swamp, my first thoughts are mala- malaria. Then my second mm-hmm. thoughts are like dengue fever. And mm-hmm. my third thoughts are sleeping sickness. So yep. take your pick. You know, it's yeah, mosquito-borne illness. Yeah, the tsetse flies. Tsetse flies. Wait, what is is this before or after West Niles? Uh, I think it was before. I think West Nile was well. This West Nile was way after ninety three. Remember that, so kids? West West Niles when that was the biggest sickness you could be uh, get concerned mm. about in the summertime. Yeah, dang. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. So after dinner, Grady goes outside to throw a ball against a wall. Classic kid activity. Classic kid. He's activity. missing his friends back home a little bit, um, and he's kind of wishing he had somebody around to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And then he feels a hand grab him on the shoulder. Is it the swamp hermit? Yeah. No, it's just a neighborhood boy named Will Blake. Mm-hmm. He's twelve, a little bit bigger than Grady. Um, he actually comments that he thought Grady was eleven, and that annoys Grady. But he doesn't really mention it he's like kind of lets it slide but he's a little bit annoyed with will from the start like how dare will you says think that li- i'm 11 how yeah. dare you assume my age exactly and will says that he's lived in the neighborhood for a few months and that there's one other kid in the neighborhood but she's a girl and she's kind of weird hmm. so that's like your um potential pool of potential friends in yeah. this new space you've got this kid will and then this girl who we will meet a little bit later in the story Ooh, saucy yeah. Um, so Grady and Will play uh, catch for a while in the evening And they're talking about the swamp Grady asks why it's called Fever Swamp And Will says that his dad told him that it's because A hundred years ago, everyone in the town Who had been in the swamp came down with a fever And it was really bad and a lot of people died So there was this like Some sort of um, not Maybe not a pandemic, but a local demic So an outbreak Got everybody very ill and they started calling it Fever Swamp Huh so the people who did survive started acting very strange, talking crazy, couldn't walk properly anymore, uh, very weird. Will says that he's been in the swamp before, but he's never seen the swamp hermit. He and Grady make plans to go swamp exploring sometime, mm-hmm. but it's getting late at this point and it's dark and the full moon is out. Will says he's got to go home. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So they're going to go swamp exploring. you know. So basically there was a localized outbreak of something and... Uh, Make people have long-term symptoms. Thankfully, there wasn't any sort of respiratory effect uh, right. we saw, right? So, yeah, huh. just yeah. some sort of bizarre fever. Bizarre that, fever hmm. um, is a bit of a town legend. Yes, yes. So after Will leaves, Grady goes back to join his family inside. They're watching a shark show on the Discovery Channel. Grady's not feeling too well. He's got a headache and chills. His mom comes over and puts her hand on his forehead and says, I think you have a fever. Uh-oh. Oh, before before, so before we was, go on to that, let's, let's, yep. let's take a quick pause. A shark show on the sure. Discovery Channel. When did yes. Discovery Channel first start running Shark Week? I don't know. I have no that, idea. That, that, Do you that, remember? That might be um, something that I should have looked this up. But um, when was the first Shark Week? You don't think that this is something that was like patched into the book? At a later date, do you? I Because even like early 90s, 
Not a lot of people had like cable TV even, I don't think. Shark Week. The first Shark Week was, Justin, give me a guess. I'm going to say 1998. Before that. 10, 10 years before that. 88? July 17th, 1988, Shark Week was an oh annual week-long programming block created by Tom Golden at the Discovery Channel features shark-based wow. programming. So unless Wikipedia wow. is lying to me, Shark Week is uh, almost as old as we are. Yeah. So. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I am very surprised to hear that. I don't remember cable TV really being much of a thing back in the 80s. Jeez. I mean, it was probably... I mean, probably one of the few things that they showed when it first came up, you yeah. know? So for those guys yeah. with those massive satellite dishes or that got the mm. cook-up, they probably didn't have that much content to show. So yeah. just showed sharks swimming around. Interesting. But, um, yeah, the family enjoyed that shark show, mm-hmm. except for Grady because he's not feeling well. Oh. He's been in the swamp. Apparently everybody who had been in the swamp in the past got the fever, mm-hmm. and now he's got the fever. He's got that fever. His mom tries to reassure him, saying, like, oh, you'll be okay. You just need to rest. Yes. And then a few nights later, Grady is laying in bed and he hears howling coming from the swamp. His fever has been quite high past couple days and he's been having strange dreams about the swamp. But he hears the howling and he gets out of bed to go ask his parents if they can hear it too. As he's passing through the kitchen, he hears scratching, a scratching sound at the door mm-hmm. and he hears more howling and it all sounds very, very close. And he's holding his breath so he can listen and he feels a chill as he realizes that someone or something is in the kitchen with him. Huh. It's Emily. Of course. She too was awakened <laughs> by the howling. So she woke up to hearing the howls in the distance and she's in the kitchen. Uh, but she turns on the light and looks at Grady and says, what's wrong with you? You look terrible. Your face is all red and you're shaking. Maybe you have swamp fever. Dun, dun, dun. Emily also heard the scratching outside. And as they're talking about what it might have been, they hear another howl. Emily says it's a wolf, but Grady doesn't believe her. Mm-hmm. They hear more scratching at the kitchen door. Uh, Emily is scared and Grady doesn't know why he does mm. it. Maybe it's the fever, but he feels like pulled and drawn towards the kitchen door, mm. drawn towards the scratching sound. So he kind of just s- zombie stumbles over there towards the scratches and he opens the door to to see what's outside. Well, And he looks outside, mm-hmm. but there's nothing there. Well, here's it's just a big full moon in the sky. Here's Before we even get to that, Justin, you're out yes, in sir. the woods. You hear what sounds mm. like a wolf somewhere outside you hear scratches at your door outside is your first is your first mindset to actually open the door where you hear scratches on where it sounds like a wolf might be out there absolutely not yes but but grady feels that way too he's like i don't know what possessed me i don't know maybe it was the fever like i don't know what drew me to the door Mm -hmm. but i found myself it was like an out-of-body experience and i felt myself pulled towards the door Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i did it but i walked towards the door and i opened the door Mm -hmm. so he knows that he's putting himself in danger he knows that it's crazy Mm -hmm. maybe it is the fever it might be the fever it might be the fever Actually, I have a story about opening a door and finding an animal there. Uh, Go on. I used to have an apartment in Boston. I was on the third floor. Um, And one Boston, as you know, Justin, sometimes gets very, very cold. So one day I was, you know, in my kitchen and it true. open to a fire escape. I thought I heard something at the door. It was middle of the day. And so I went and I went to my back door and I opened it. And there was a rather large raccoon just like at my door, just kind of like curled up there, not really doing anything, you know. And so I um, hmm. I poked it with a broom handle 
and what? looked at me like, uh, why are you bothering me? And just kind of went right Aww. back down. It's like, uh, you know, leave me alone. It's like, I'm like, you didn't invite him in. I did not invite the strange raccoon. What? in. No, I was just sort of like, Hey, Hey, you know, move along raccoon, move along. And he was like, ah, forget you. And just kind of put his uh, head back You should down. have at least cuddled with him for a little while. Now, that's, that sounds how you get the Robbies. You know, you don't want the he rabies. Was so cold. I would have, like, tucked him in, gotten him, like, a little blanket. A little blanket? Maybe not even, like, a blanket. Just a, a simple towel and just cover him up, tuck him in a little bit. Yeah, that would be a nice thing to do. But I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know how nice. close you get to a raccoon before you get rabies or before you, you know, need a new hand, you know, so. Yeah. Raccoons are... are strange animals mm-hmm. and you were probably right to not mess with it yeah but you think what do you think was wrong with it was it i don't just... know it, it looked rather large maybe it was a female raccoon that was um you know close to their time or uh i know my Wait, neighbor what does that mean close to what time? well close to their time maybe they're about to give birth or something like that they're just trying to find oh, okay. a place but also my neighbor used to put out cat food uh in the back of the house regularly um, which I did not approve of because she also left the dishes of cat food and water open. And mm. so we'll just collect water and, um, you know, water in the open standing breeds the mosquitoes. So, and that's how you get the malaria. That's how you get the malaria and the dengue fever and all that bad stuff, you know. So I would always like kind of knock over the water bowl just to make sure that mm. there wasn't standing water to breed, you know, yeah, vermin. Sure, but sure, sure. But, yeah. but in general, yeah, if you hear scratching at a door, I don't, I don't recommend you open the door, especially at night. You know, like especially it's a uh, nighttime scratches. You know, maybe look through the little peephole if you feel confident enough. But if you um, have a sturdy enough door, you could figure out what's there in the morning time. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Keep that door closed. Yes. But Grady has opened the door and he's looked outside, but he doesn't see anything. There's just a full moon in the sky. It's eerily quiet. And cicadas. Grady is calling out in the darkness, asking if anyone is there, but there's nothing. Emily is terrified, and she pulls him back inside. They close the door, and they lock it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dad hears all the commotion. He enters the kitchen wearing a collared nightshirt. Collared nightshirt? Like formal pajamas of some kind? I don't really know. Uh, I don't wear uh, collared nightshirts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems odd, because they're in Florida, and so it's probably yeah. hot. They said the air outside is hot. How the hard humidity. are they? What? And the humidity, George. Yeah. How hard are they pumping their AC where they're able to dress like, you know, 1800s bankers going to bed with collars well, and the thing. Shirts. If they're cranking the AC, I mean, if it's central air, maybe. But if anybody's got a window unit, you're not going to hear the howls over like a loud chugging AC unit. Yeah, so there's central. So, it has to be central air they're working with. You know. I suppose, unless they don't have AC and they're just opening the windows. How is it so know. much hotter outside than it is inside, then? They have to have AC. Yeah, you're right. They have to have AC. And also, like, a collared nightshirt in a hot Florida night, where it would probably be, like, somewhere around 70 or 80, um, with humidity, sound in a swamp, probably, like, 80%, 90% humidity, that that collar would be, you know, completely full of sweat. Yeah. 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 What's your pajama situation, George? <laughs> You're a big pajamas guy. Do you have like any like fleece pajama pants? Not not in Florida. Not anymore. I used to um, have like nice pajamas when I was growing up. When I, I th- what was 
give me an example of like a pair of like novelty fleece pajama pants that you had. Well, not, like a print well, that's like related novelty. to like had, a cartoon character or something. Oh well, one of my favorites growing up is I had the the a full Superman pajamas with the cape that was I don't know if I show you a picture with the cape that was um that had Velcro that you could take it off at night so you didn't roll and strangle yourself in the cape oh, as you good. slept. That's smart. So yeah, what about you? You have anything like that? I know I had like some Super Mario like pajama pants at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I just, I only wear shorts mm-hmm. around the house. Yeah. You know, no pants. Yeah. It's a situation where, yeah, floor, like I know I have some central air, but the central air does just enough. And it, um, for some reason, it works best during the day when it's hot and doesn't really work as well at night. I think it's solar powered. So. Oh, yeah. interesting. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so it's a situation where fleece in uh, California, no, not not until it gets, even December time, you can walk around in shorts outside, so. Yeah, must be nice. Yes, it, it is. The kids are <laughs> kids are in the kitchen here. Dad hears the commotion. He comes out. Um, he's got the nightshirt on with the collar, his formal pajamas. Formal pajamas. Uh, the kids say that they heard growling and scratching, and Dad says that it's just fever dreams, and also it's just unfamiliar noises from being in a new house. Mm-hmm. He's very dismissive. Wow. Not a good listener. Not at all. He tells Grady to go back to bed, and when Grady does go back to bed, uh, he gets fa- eventually falls asleep, and he has strange, troubling dreams. And in these strange dreams, he's in the swamp, and it's a full moon, and he hears howling and sinks into the bog. Um so not really very strange. It's kind of exactly like what he just experienced when he was out in the swamp. Yeah. So not that weird. Mm-hmm. But um, he feels weird about it. He's like, I'm having these these kind of troubling dreams where he's in the swamp. <laughs> I think generally he's got like some swamp anxiety. Yeah, he has swamp He's not really feeling very comfortable in his new environment. No, no. The next morning he's feeling a bit better. Uh, and it's a nice sunny day, so that's uh, uplifting. Mm-hmm. And he quickly eats his breakfast of frosted flakes. Mm. And he's out the door to go meet up with the neighborhood kid, Will. And as Grady leaves the house, uh, this enormous beastly creature leaps at him and knocks him to the ground and starts licking his face. Mm-hmm. It's a big dog, a big dog with dark gray fur, no collar or tag. Mm-hmm. Grady asks his parents if he can keep the dog. Mm-hmm. It's this dog that showed up out of nowhere. Just and a random like, oh, dog. Can keep it? Yeah. And his dad says, nah, you have all those swamp deer that are basically pets. And uh, swamp, de- swamp deer are just kind of standing there staring at this dog that's just showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the swamp deer are very nervous around this giant animal that's just arrived. Mm-hmm. But Grady loves this giant dog that's just appeared out of nowhere mm-hmm. and wants to keep the dog. Parents are like, I'm not so sure. Grady's trying to convince his parents to let him keep the dog. Will shows up, meanwhile, the neighborhood kid. And he says, I've never seen that dog before. It mm-hmm. doesn't belong to anyone in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Will says that he thinks the dog looks more like a wolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they want to name, Grady wants to name the dog Wolf. Makes us me. Mom says that she um, agrees that it looks like a wolf. And dad says, well, actually, uh, he's like, well, actually, wolves are skinnier and have narrower stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. maybe it could be half wolf. He finally so. knows something of note so, or he thinks he does at least mm-hmm. professor dad is like professor dad. actually <laughs> wolves are skinnier than this so this is not a true wolf mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but it's wolf-like and grady's like begging his parents can we keep the dog and they're like we'll see they're non-committal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe you can keep this large stray animal that just showed up at our door maybe yes maybe no we'll decide later <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. For now, the 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 dog is kind of hanging around the house. Grady and Will go for a walk in the swamp. Wolf, the dog, does not come along for the walk because they just fed him, mm-hmm. and so like he's feeling good, feeling like he wants to take a nap at the house. Mm-hmm. So the the dog, Wolf, is getting very comfortable. Grady and Will are talking about the bog and whether anyone has ever drowned in it and gotten sucked down to the bottom. Grady says that he bets if they got a fishing rod, they could fish up some bones, like if uh, mm. of people who died in the past and sunk into the bog. Mm. So they've got like some kind of like macabre sort of grim thoughts about the bog. And then they hear footsteps coming up behind them and Will screams, someone's following us. Oh, no. It's the swamp hermit. Oh, no. So the kids hide. Footsteps get closer. Grady can't find a good hiding spot. um, And the footsteps are getting very, very close. But Grady can't find the right shrub that will totally enclose him. It's important to find the right shrub. Adequate shelter. He probably should have started to build, you know, some some walls with the woods. He should have built some walls. Built some walls. Couldn't find the right shrub. Yeah. Yeah. So So true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. But the footsteps are getting closer and closer. And... It's Wolf the dog. Wolf the dog. So Wolf knocks Grady to the ground and starts licking his face again. They're walking to the bog, and Wolf is kind of walking up ahead of them. And Grady says, wow, it's like it's as if Wolf knows where we're going. It's like he knows the swamp really, really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Will says that maybe he's a swamp dog. And Grady says, yeah, he really does seem to be at home in the swamp. I mean, so. a, do- a stray dog in a swamp that humid... That seems to be as big and probably shaggy as Wolf Clay seems to be. Dogs aren't cats. That dog would be super gross. Like it, like how would a dog keep itself clean in its fur shiny and black? You know, I don't know. Without probably a care. species that's not native to the swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't belong there. It's this weird, out of place creature. That's um. Seems strangely at home in the swamp, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but where did it come from? Where did it come from? What's going on with this dog? Yeah, we'll see. But the Will and Grady walk to the bog. Once they get there, they're throwing rocks and sticks into the bog. They notice that nothing is really sinking into the bog. It kind of just, the sticks just kind of like land on the top mm-hmm. with like a splat. There's no splash, more like a splat. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of stands there at the top of the bog. Nothing really sinks in. It's like a very thick bog. Mm-hmm, um, and then they hear a growl coming from Wolf. And Will says, uh-oh, I think Wolf senses danger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Wolf keeps growling, and they hear snapping twigs across the bog. They look over, and yes, it's the swamp hermit. Will says, oh, my God, that weirdo has been spying on us. <laughs> and they hide, and they're watching the swamp hermit walk walk towards them. He's wearing a stained shirt that Grady thinks might be bloodstained. Mm-hmm. He's also carrying a bag. And Will says, there's probably a head in that bag. And he's at least half serious at this point. They're pretty scared of this guy. Yeah. But the swamp hermit keeps walking past. He either didn't see the boys or he didn't care. Mm-hmm. And Will and Grady start walking back home. And on their way, they encounter something shocking right at the edge of the swamp. It's a gruesome sight. It's a pile of feathers and bloody flesh. Mm-hmm. It's a dead heron that Will thinks the swamp hermit killed. And Grady says, no, it was an animal that did it. And he even sees um, some paw prints on the ground mm-hmm. that he thinks must have been the animal that killed the bird. Hmm. So they find this like dead bird, and they're like, how did this happen? Yeah. Will says it's a swamp permit. Grady says, no, look at the paw prints. There's evidence here that an animal killed this bird. Mm-hmm. So when did, did Grady become... Was there uh, previous stuff that said that Grady was pretty good at like looking at animal prints and knowing what was up? 
I don't think so, other than like his dad's, you know, a scientist and a, a little bit nature so. quote unquote. You can't hear it, but I'm yeah. doing air quotes, but yep. doing them as loud as I can. But yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay. But um, yeah, it's an interesting piece of evidence, an interesting detail that Grady picked up on that there are paw prints mm-hmm. around this dead animal. Mm-hmm. But um, Will goes back to his house and Grady goes home uh, to tell his dad about the bird that they found, this this dead bird. Mm -hmm. And dad, again, is very dismissive. Even though Grady insists that it was a very violent scene, dad says, that's just nature. That's just the way it is. Grady says very clearly, we saw the swamp hermit. He was covered in blood. And then we saw a torn apart bird. It was very disturbing, father. And I'm frightened. (laughs) And dad is like, I am exasperated. Dad's like completely exasperated saying, look, Grady, if you want to go in the swamp, you're going to see some frightening things, okay? <laughs> I talked to the guy at the hardware store. He says the swamp hermit is harmless. So dad's not concerned. Son is very disturbed mm-hmm. by what he's seen. Mm-hmm. And dad's like, well, that's nature that's for you. That's what happens when you go in the swamp. You go to the swamp, you see some bodies. You know, it's just part of being in nature, seeing dead things in blood. Exactly. So, yeah. So Grady goes to bed that night with Wolf uh, Wolf sleeping in the bedroom. He's like sleeping on the floor in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And Grady is scared and feels like he needs protection. Then in the middle of the night, he wakes up to a loud crash, the sound of someone breaking into the house. Mm-hmm. And the whole family runs into the living room and the light of the full moon is streaming in through the windows. But Wolf, who had previously been sleeping in Grady's room, had left and is running around the living room. And it looks like he's frantic and he's knocking over a lamp, like lamps. He's knocking over furniture. Mm-hmm. So that was the noise. It's Wolf like going wild in the in the living room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The parents say that Wolf can't stay in the house. He's going to be crazy. So they let him out into the front door and Wolf runs out, runs out towards the swamp in the under the light of the full moon. He's charging out towards the swamp. And Grady's parents say that Wolf can't stay in the house anymore. He's too wild. I mean, the fact that they didn't take him to get shots or vaccinated or anything like that right off the bat seems extremely negligent. And then you have them in your house. You know, it could be bringing, you know, heartworms into your house or ticks or fleas, you know. Very concerning. Very concerning. You know, it seems like unless unless the dad checked him out or something like that, but the dad... Maybe checked him for ticks, but... Maybe. It's not enough. Not enough. So, but Grady goes back to bed and then he hears howling. Mm-hmm. Howls sound close. They sound angry. Grady is thinking that the howls also sound somewhat human. And then the howls stop and he hears footsteps behind the house. What do, and he hears a struggle. What, what, what do what? humans' howls sound like? That's a human howling. That's a human howling? That's what it sounds like? Yeah. All right. I don't know. That's me howling. Well, that, thank you for clarifying so our listeners yeah. know for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he, so Grady hears this commotion behind the house. He hears a struggle and then a short cry and then more silence. And at this point, I personally was very concerned for the, for the swamp deer mm-hmm. because they're defenseless and in a pen mm-hmm. behind the house. Um, and Grady has just heard, heard some concerning noises from behind the house. But he looks out the window and he sees a dark figure running back into the swamp. But he can't make out what it is. Then he sees something on the ground near the deer pen. And it looks like a pile of rags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He also sees the deer standing there in the pen. Apparently, they're okay. They're standing there. Mm-hmm. Grady climbs out of his window, creeps over to the object on the ground, and it's a dead rabbit. Mm. A rather damaged rabbit in a rather grisly state. Grady feels sick seeing it, and he climbs back in his bedroom window. And in the distance, he can hear howls rising triumphantly from the swamp. Kind of crazy that whatever is howling is that proud of killing a rabbit. But yeah. apparently, something is... Uh, killed the rabbit and is back in the 
in the swamp, howling away. Oh, I mean, it's the fact that they didn't take the rabbit with them. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, the waste of a rabbit. I mean, it, you got some rabbit munchon and stuff like that, but I guess you know, eh, it, if it's just going for the kill, but that just seems odd. It seems odd to kill yeah. a rabbit near someone's house and then just run away and then, you know, howl about it. You know. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the next morning, while Grady is showing his dad the rabbit, Wolf returns, and he's very excited to see Grady. Emily insists that Wolf is a killer, and they need to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Grady says that she has no proof that Wolf killed the rabbit, and Emily responds saying that he has no proof that Wolf didn't kill the rabbit. Mm. So I was in on Emily before, now I'm out on Emily. She (laughs) lost me with that silly logic. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. So Grady says to Wolf, you didn't do it, did you? You're not a monster. And Wolf just stares back at Grady. And Grady says, I feel, he's like, I feel like he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> the dog is looking at me like he's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. But, but Grady thinks that the dog would not do this to a rabbit. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the family, not so sure. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not too keen on this wolf. The next morning, Grady and Will are walking with Wolf in the swamp. And Wolf says that one of their neighbors, Mr. Warner, who sa- is missing. Who says that? Will says, not the wolf. Okay. Will says that. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will says that the neighbor, Mr. Warner, is missing. They're talking about what could have happened to him. And someone yells, maybe the werewolf got him. Mm-hmm. And it's the girl from the neighborhood that I mentioned earlier. Her name's Cassie O'Rourke, and who Will knows. Like, Will knows this girl, but Grady hasn't met her yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, this girl shows up, and she's like, oh, a missing neighbor? Maybe it's the werewolf. Yeah. That's and Cassie says that there's a werewolf that lives in the swamp. Will is very dismissive, and Grady says that he doesn't believe in werewolves. So Will teases Cassie, saying that she believes in the Easter Bunny too, and Cassie punches him in the chest and says, um, oh, there was a mosquito on you. Like, classic move. Yeah, like, dead in the chest, but right in the sternum. That's, yeah. That Cassie is rough but and this, tumble. But the situation is that uh, Cassie is like, oh, there's a werewolf that lives out here. And Will's like, I don't believe in those. And Grady's like, oh, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but that's um, Cassie's explanation for the disappearance of the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And also may explain some of the things that um, Grady and Will have seen recently, like the murdered bird and rabbit. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. But Cassie says again to Grady that the howls that come from the swamp um, are a werewolf that has just gotten a kill. She says that this is as she's staring into to Grady with her piercing green eyes. Mm-hmm. And Will says, oh, you've got a great imagination, Cassie. I guess you watch a lot of scary movies, don't you? And Cassie says, real life is scarier than the movies. Mm, mm. Uh, but Will is dismissive again, but says to Cassie, hey, maybe you're the werewolf. Mm. And Grady hears a rustling in the weeds, and a wolf appears standing near the bog. Cassie freezes and points toward Wolf and says, oh, my God, that's the werewolf. Mm. So a lot of accusations flying. So this is uh, basically, you know, you know, Will says Cassie is sus. Cassie says wolf is sus, you know, they've they've been playing, uh, this was Among Us before Among Us, or um, the werewolf, what is that game? Uh, I guess the game's called Werewolf, you know that game, Yeah, I've never played it. I do, I don't think I've ever played it, but yeah, I know it. Yeah, and you play it at some point, so, but yes. Um, But we do have a set of suspicious characters, we've got the Swamp Hermit, still don't know what his situation Mm -hmm. is, Um, we've got Wolf the Dog who's acted very strange in the past, um, acts very agitated at night during full moons. That's a little weird. Mm-hmm. There, there were paw prints around the dead bird, so that's all suspicious. Mm-hmm. And now Cassie has showed up. She's got these piercing green eyes. She's making accusations of werewolfness, 
and Will saying, well, maybe you're the werewolf. Mm-hmm. So um, somebody may or may not be a werewolf here. You can go either way at this point, you know. But then they're, they're walking together. Grady hears a rustling in the weeds, and a wolf appears standing there. Cassie freezes, points to the wolf, and says, oh, my God, that's the werewolf. <laughs> Grady says, no, 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 that's just wolf. But Cassie wasn't pointing to wolf, you see. She was pointing at a figure further away, oh. the swamp hermit. Oh, no. Yeah, the old swamp hermit hanging around near his swamp shack with a turkey slung over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't Wolf that Cassie was actually accusing of being uh, the werewolf. She sees a swamp hermit. I'm saying that's the werewolf right there. Points to him specifically. That's your werewolf. There's your werewolf the right crazy, there. The crazy guy in the swamp who at the moment is swinging a turkey around in a very strange way. I mean, I mean what do you do once you have a turkey? You know, you got to... You got to carry it somehow. You're not going to drag it in the dirt. You know, I'm pretty sure they're probably heavy too. You know, they're heavy. Most people don't have a, like a turkey case. Yeah. sitting around their house. I, I don't. So I don't know if you do. So I don't have a turkey case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just slinging it over his shoulder. So like Cassie shouts, soldier. "Oh my god, a werewolf!" <laughs> and the swamp uh, swamp hermit disappears into the woods, and then there's like rustling in the in the weeds and in the woods, mm-hmm. and he kind of like reappears closer to the kids. Mm-hmm. And Will screams for them to run just as the swamp hermit pops out of the weeds and screams, I'm the werewolf. I'm the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And he's cackling and swinging the turkey in the air. Mm-hmm. And the kids run and the swamp hermit chases after them. Mm-hmm. The George, I usually go to you for the voices. So I'm going to rewind <laughs> for a moment. The <laughs> swamp hermit <clears throat> pops out of the weeds near the kids and he screams. I'm the werewolf. I'm the werewolf. <laughs> Through his meth-stained teeth. Exactly. And he's he's laughing and screaming, <laughs> chasing after I'm the children. The werewolf. As, I'm the werewolf. As the children flee in terror. <laughs> so as they're running, Grady, he's probably still wearing sandals because he didn't learn his lesson the first mm-hmm. time. So he slips and falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. Will and Cassie keep running off. Wolf is kind of calmly keeping up with Grady. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem too concerned, even though he had been growling when he first saw the Swamp Hermit. Mm-hmm. He was growling a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now, Will and Cassie, they're long gone. Grady's like, can't like get his footing in the mud. Mm-hmm. But Wolf is staying with Grady, um, but doesn't seem all that concerned. Isn't like... He's not freaking out. He's just Growling relaxing. at the Swamp yeah. Hermit, not chasing the Swamp Hermit. The Swamp Hermit is actually coming up on Grady now. Um who was not really able to get to his feet and Grady is now frozen in fear on the ground. Mm-hmm. So the swamp hermit comes up to Grady and he says, Let me see. go on. I was just teasing you. I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> yeah. So he was just messing with the kids. Yeah. Like, wolf, wolf comes up to the swamp hermit and he's sniffing around uh, and still pretty calm. The swamp hermit says, is this your dog? You should watch out for him probably. And he walks away. And Grady says, what does that mean? What do you mean watch out for him? Wait, actually, mm-hmm. wait, taking a step back, did he say that he's not the werewolf or did he just say, I'm not going to bite you? He said, I'm not going to I'm bite you. Bite he didn't you. say, he didn't say that he wasn't the werewolf. He said, I'm just teasing you. Like, ah, I'm just teasing you again. I'm not, I'm not going to bite you. You know, so it's like, okay. All right. He, yeah. So. Yeah, he was just chasing the kids. Just for a laugh, possibly. Just for the fun. Perhaps there's something more going on mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. But he says, Yeah, watch out for that dog. Mm-hmm. After he gives Wolf a long, hard stare. He's like, Watch out for that dog. And he walks away. And Grady's like, Hmm, what does that mm. mean? Swamp Hermit is gone, though. Mm-hmm. 
Grady kind of accuse, accuses Wolf of not protecting him from the Swamp Permit, but he's also kind of thinking that maybe the Swamp Permit isn't such a bad guy. Like maybe Wolf was calm because the Swamp Permit's not so bad. Maybe Wolf was the, the guy Perm- at the hardware store. I talked to Dad. Who knows? That said who, that... Who was? Wolf? Maybe Wolf was the guy at the hardware store that said the Hermit was uh, was uh, harmless. Who knows? Wolf in human form? Maybe. Or maybe Possibly. maybe in a trench coat. Or in coat. dog form? Yeah, in a trench coat. <laughs> dog in a trench, <laughs> a dog in a trench coat. <laughs> saying that the swamp hermit was harmless. The dad doesn't seem to Goes around to... town defending the swamp exactly. hermit. Exactly. You know, it's part of the Makes PR sense. commission sense. for the swamp hermit, you know, so. But the swamp hermit, you know, when Grady was down on the ground, I definitely had an opportunity to attack Grady and like hurt him if he wanted definitely. to, but he said he was only teasing. Mm-hmm. So maybe no werewolf? I uh-huh. don't know. But as Grady's walking home, he's thinking about all this. He doesn't see the slithery snake on the path. Oh, no. And he's Stefan's neck, George. Oh, no. The snake bites. <laughs> Grady feels a jolt of pain in his ankle, and he crumbles to the ground. Oh, no. Snake. 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 Betcha, betcha, betcha. What a relevant reference as we sit here recording this podcast in the year 2005. I just wanted to drop a reference to... Uh, a really funny video that we've all been watching. Yeah, about. yes. What a and this internet isn't that a brand new thing? That's fantastic. But Grady has been bitten by the snake, and he he gets up and he starts staggering home, sort of. But he's not sure if maybe the snake was venomous mm-hmm. and he's gonna die. He doesn't know. Uh, he gets back to the house and he sees Cassie and Will sitting there. Grady says that he was bitten and yells at them to go get his dad. By the way, dad comes out and said. By the way, yeah. I'm gonna pause you for a quick second there. I, I feel like I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Go ahead and say What am I going to say? Uh, poisonous venomous? Yes. Yeah, I was going to compliment yes. you on getting that venomous thing right <laughs> off the bat. Because we all know uh-huh. when it's uh, poisonous. That's, uh, you die if you eat it. Yeah, and when it's venomous. You die if it bites you yes. or eats you. Yeah. And, if it's, yeah. and it's toxic if. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, just like if it's just bad. If you just like, uh, if it's bad, if, it, if it's bad, if it brings up things from five years ago and uh, you know makes it uh, a, a big thing at uh, family gatherings, okay. so yeah, it sounds very toxic, like a toxic situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Grady's not sure what kind of snake this was. If it was poisonous, venomous, whatever. And Dad comes out and says, "What happened?" Cassie says, "He was bitten by a werewolf." Because <laughs> um, Grady just says, "I was bitten. Go get my dad." Mm-hmm. Dad comes out. What's going on? Cassie says, he was bitten by a werewolf. Oh, my God. Grady says it was a snake, a green one. And Dad takes care of the wound while reminding Grady that green snakes are not poisonous. Yeah. Um, but he, he means what he means is venomous. But he says the green snakes are not poisonous. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Dad, not up on the poisonous venomous terminology. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he dismisses the danger or the threat by saying, oh, it was a green snake. You know that green snakes aren't poisonous. Yeah, venomous, all green snakes. Whatever. Yeah, everyone knows. As a side note, I do want our listeners, I don't want our listeners to hear this and absorb that green snakes can't be venomous. We here at BCWC4 are definitely not saying that green snakes cannot be venomous. This is Grady's scientist dad saying that green snakes are not venomous. Mm -hmm. He's not even using the terminology correctly, so I don't think we should listen to him. Mm -hmm. But do your own snake research. I don't want you to come away from this thinking, oh, if it's a green snake, I'm safe. Yes, yes, definitely. Do your own snake research. Yes. As far as I know, personally... A green snake very well could be venomous. Avoid snake bites if possible. Uh, Definitely just try to, if there's a snake on the ground, you know, just leave it alone, leave it be, and uh, try to mind your business, and hopefully they'll mind theirs, you know? For sure. And so, but in this story, the threat of snake bite has been 
whisked away just based on the fact that it was a green snake. Mm. Um, but in this case, it appears that Grady is fine. It was not a venomous snake. Mom is asking what Cassie's werewolf comment was about earlier. Mm-hmm. Grady says that Cassie thinks the swamp hermit is a werewolf. And he also says that the swamp hermit chased them through the swamp shouting, I'm a werewolf, I'm a werewolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dad says, once again, were you not listening <laughs> to me before? And when I said that the swamp hermit is supposed to be harmless, talk to the guy at the hardware store, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be harmless. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And Mom knows. says, maybe you should just stay away from the swamp hermit. Reasonable. Very reasonable. Grady asks his parents if they believe in werewolves, and Dad laughs and says, we're scientists, we don't believe in the supernatural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mom says, uh, your father is a werewolf, and I have to shave his back every morning so that he'll look more human. <laughs> and Emily says, your dog is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Mom says, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> look at my hairy, <laughs> look at my hairy hands. And Dad says, that's just newspaper ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, there's a scientific explanation for everything, Dad says. Mm-hmm. And Grady, possibly affected by snake venom, is very agitated and he's clenching his teeth. And he says, I really would like to be taken seriously for once. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is uh, listening to me and taking my feelings into consideration. I'm concerned about everything that I've seen. I'm genuinely worried that there may be a werewolf and everybody's making fun of me. Yeah. He's a little upset. It is upsetting. I mean, like, he had traumatic experience. He's been chased by a stranger to the point of falling down. He's been bitten by a snake, which, I mean, the fact that he has two small, <laughs> two small fang wounds, that to me indicates a, ven- uh, a venomous species versus, you know, I'd expect maybe a larger wound if it was just a, a species that incapacitated its prey with regular biting, mm. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe there's, there are species that have venom that doesn't affect humans, maybe? Perhaps. Sure. But I... I don't know. I've, everybody's got to do their own snake research. Old, old I'm not, I'm not going to be on the hook for telling you what is what is and is not a snake-related danger in this Here, world. be careful what you cast for. We want to make sure that our viewers do not, um, you know, subscribe to pseudoscience and definitely mm. make sure that they are as safe as possible when handling their snakes. We should have a standardized disclaimer at the beginning of every episode saying that we are not responsible for any snake information that you may gather from our retelling of these goosebumps yes books. yes this is true this is true maybe we need to record that a little bit later but yes but back to the issue of the werewolves in the story dad says here's what we'll do there's only going to be a full moon for two more nights and if the howling stops once the full moon ends we'll know it was a werewolf huh that's great science well that, that's the first scientifically scientific thing that he's uh, done so far congratulations dad Sure. Well, correlation does not mean causation, so ah. I question his method. But, <laughs> but but it's at least it's something. He's giving it some slight amount of critical thought. Okay, all right. Um, and then Grady says, Grady, as the narrator, says to us, we had no idea that something would happen that night that would change our opinion of werewolves forever. Mm, mm, mm. Do you say werewolf or werewolf, George? Werewolf? I mean, werewolves. Let's see. Whoa. I say werewolf, and I'm not going to stop saying werewolf. <laughs> I don't know why, how that got into my head. Werewolf. However you say it, there's going to be some hot, hot werewolf action coming up mm-hmm, soon. Mm-hmm. That evening after dinner, Will and Cassie come over to argue about werewolves some more. <laughs> Grady just wants to play Nintendo. Wait. But there are some pretty wild accusations being thrown around at this point. A lot of uh, 
werewolf rumors spreading like wildfire around here. Grady says that Cassie is a werewolf. Cassie says that Will is a werewolf. Ca- Will <laughs> says that Cassie is a vampire. Uh. And Cassie says that Will is King Kong. So there's a lot of accusations flying back and forth. These kids teasing them, teasing each other, but also, um, you know, obsessed with this possibility of a werewolf they're, in the they're area. They're getting nowhere at this point, really. They're not really getting to the, you know, they're not getting to the root of the, the issue. They're not even doing their tasks. So there's no way they could win this this uh, game of Among Us. So, so true. So, so true. Yeah. Um, but late that night in bed, Grady can't sleep, and eventually he hears howls off in the distance. They're a little closer. Um, they're getting closer and closer. Grady starts, to, Grady starts to get dressed because he feels like he has to figure out where these howls are coming from. Then he hears a loud crash right outside, and he runs to the back door of the house, and he flings the door open, but there's nothing mm-hmm. there. He peers through the darkness, and in the moonlight, he can see that the werewolf has killed again. Oh, no. Grady walks, Grady walks into the backyard where the deer pen face fence has been ripped apart and laying on the ground is one of the swamp deer mm. it's murder oh no when the the five remaining swamp deer are standing there with terrified looks on their faces uh but they don't say a word <laughs> Grady runs back inside calling to his parents he's like parents sorry parents get out here there's a dead swamp deer oh my god the werewolf has struck again. oh no oh no hmm they only brought the five holes d- six deer for a full research yeah, study six of them okay yeah all right Six of them. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Dad pulls the dead deer from the pen, fixes the fence, and says to Grady, your dog is a killer. Grady denies it, but scientist dad saw paw prints on the ground mm-hmm. near the dead deer and, using science, determined mm-hmm. that it was wolf that killed the deer. Mm-hmm. Grady insists that it was a werewolf, not wolf. It had to be a werewolf. That's what Grady says. Grady's still defending mm-hmm. wolf, mm-hmm. the dog. Mm-hmm. Next morning, Dad goes to the hardware store. When he comes back, he tells Grady that a lot of people in town are upset because animals have been getting killed. And also, Ed Warner, the neighbor, is uh, he's missing still. So the townspeople huh. are like, there's been a lot of animal, mysterious animal slayings mm-hmm. lately, and also there's a missing person. Mm-hmm. So we're concerned. You think they'd start with Dad the missing says, person and then get to the animals as well? Well, those swamp deer were valuable. That's true. Very, very valuable. And that turkey had, or the turkey that... Um, the swamp deer had the swamp, swamp hermit mm-hmm. had and also the rabbit that was killed had a lot of powerful friends i guess so, so. Who knows? Yeah, it was a yeah leader in the community and a pillar mm-hmm. of this um you know pillar, pillar of the community, community. Yeah. for sure yeah um but dad says wolf has to go he's insisting you gotta get rid of this dog mm-hmm. grady runs outside yells at wolf to run away before dad can grab him and take him to the dog mm-hmm. pound wolf apparently understands what grady is saying he <laughs> takes <laughs> off into the swamp dad says that was dumb, Grady. You should not have done that. As soon as that dog comes back, I'm taking him to the dog. And dad goes and goes, gets his shotgun from the back of the shed and goes into the swamp. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. No. And that night in bed, Grady hears howling again. He looks outside and he sees Wolf in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Wolf is acting strange and growling and pacing back and forth. Grady decides he has to follow Wolf for the night to prove that Wolf is not a killer. Mm -hmm. So he gets dressed. He follows Wolf into the swamp. And once he's deep in the swamp, he hears footsteps coming up behind him. Mm -hmm. And it's Will. Will also heard howls coming from the swamp. And he came out to investigate as well. It's very dark out, and they have a hard time keeping track of Wolf. It's so dark, actually, because even though it's a full moon, it's like a cloudy yeah, night. and also they got the so tree cover that they talked about in Chapter 1 or 2. Basically, that blocks out the sun, essentially. So, so yeah, this exactly. is this is not a good situation, and they didn't bring any flashlights. So, 
no flashlights, dark night in the mm-hmm. swamp. And as they're walking, Grady realizes that he's lost Will. Mm-hmm. They've been separated in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the clouds part and some moonlight comes in, Grady sees something in the darkness and he has stumbled upon the hermit's shack. So he's like right outside the shack. It's, he didn't really realize it because he wandered over there in the darkness. Now that he's got some light, oh my God, I'm right outside the swamp hermit it's shack. It's like all paths and then lead he hears, to the swamp hermit shack. You know? Yeah. It's odd. And then he, he hears a terrible howl very, very close by. And Grady thinks, oh my God, it's definitely the swamp hermit. He's a werewolf. I've got to get out of here. And just then, the werewolf bursts out from behind a tree and knocks Grady to the ground. He's been attacked by a werewolf. Hmm. It's really a werewolf this time, George. It's, it is indeed a werewolf. Grady's under attack. Huh. What, what do you know? A werewolf. How does he know that it's not just a regular wolf at this point? Well, in this case, it's actually, interestingly, to my earlier discussion about werewolf versus wolfman it's more of a wolf man mm. than a werewolf because okay. it's not full wor- wolf form it's a human face covered in wolf fur so oh, this is much more teen wolf style okay okay human face covered in wolf fur howling gleaming rows of wolf fangs mm-hmm. in spite of the wolfness of this werewolf it is human enough that grady can see that it is will oh it's werewolf will werewolf will he screams mm. He screams, get off of me, Will. But Will has that werewolf strength. He's very yep, strong. Yep. Strong. And his, he's howling, his werewolf howls. He snarls and bites Grady's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Grady is overpowered and he's giving mm-hmm. up. He's like totally overpowered by werewolf Will. Mm-hmm. He's like losing the fight. He's giving up. He's already been bitten hard in the shoulder. And he says, everything was fading to black. I could feel myself sinking, sinking down to a black tunnel. Mm-hmm sinking forever into deep, deep, endless, deep darkness. Mm. So a quick uh, descriptive, you know, description of death in a children's yeah, book. Yeah, he was He was a, pretty sure he was going to die. I mean, like, what What are your options in a werewolf attack? You know, like, like I mean, do you, do you play dead? I don't think that stops them. They're not bears. I wouldn't do that. I mean, yeah. like, you count out, run them. They're stronger than you, according to the lore, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go for the eyes. I don't know about I you. mean, the eyes are also very close to the mouth, so that sounds like a way to lose some digits. Well, I kind of assume that he's biting at you anyway. Yeah. So, unless you say biting your arms, like you take a bite to the shoulder or to like a defensive wound to the mm-hmm. arm, go in with the other arm. Go, go for, for the, the eyes. eyes. I don't have a better idea. Maybe the ears? You know, it only takes five pounds of pressure to rip off a human ear, and a will and a werewolf. <laughs> you were taught this in school. I was definitely taught this no. in school. You know, um, yeah, less than Krav Maga class. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, what what your school taught, but less than five pounds of pressure can rip off a human ear. So a wolf, okay. a werewolf ear would be probably bigger and floppier. You'd have more to grab onto. You know, so. Make sure those hoop earrings you've got are four pounds or less. <laughs> now that now that's a fact you can stand we can stand behind at B C W U C four, you know? Yep. So but um yep. yeah. So yeah, the eyes or the but, ears or something like that. Um assuming that they still have some degree of human intellect, maybe I I think the eyes are smaller targets than ears, you know? Yeah. So, so you're gonna pull on their earlobes? Is that I your mean plan? like I, or are you going to, like, clap their ears to go for the ear I mean, drops? you already have one arm in their mouth, so you can't clap their ear. You could pull on, the, the like, the actual ear, try to pull that down. Um, the eyes, try to claw at their face a little bit. But, yeah, it might be... I'd be concerned that once your arm was in their mouth, it would already be too late for you, 
you know like i i i I don't think i don't see you getting away you know unless they released you well it's not looking great for no not at all he's he's basically losing consciousness but then a loud growl brings him back to consciousness Mm -hmm. it's wolf Mm -hmm. wolf is growling and he and wolf leaps onto will and they're snarling and biting Mm -hmm. wolf is a powerful beast and will shrieks and starts to run away Mm -hmm. All along, Grady is saying, I knew Wolf wasn't the werewolf. I knew mm-hmm. it. Werewolf Wolf gets chased off by Wolf the dog. Mm-hmm. And in the distance, Grady hears a howl of defeat. Mm-hmm. So it seems that Wolf the dog has fought Werewolf Will off. Mm-hmm. And Werewolf Will has fled into the swamp. Werewolf Will would be a great screen name. Werewolf Will. Werewolf yeah. Will. So then um, Grady basically from there wakes up in his own bed and his mom is taking his temperature. She says that the swamp hermit carried Grady home. Uh, yeah, Grady tells his parents that everything that happened, that Will is a werewolf and bit mm-hmm. him. Dad says, that sounds crazy, but I'll go investigate. Mm-hmm. And when he returns, he says that Will's house is completely empty as if no one has lived there for months. Mm-hmm. Grady asks if he can keep Wolf and he says that Wolf saved his life. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that in the background, George? Yeah, is that on your side or my side? It's no, it's here. Okay. I'm just gonna wait till it stops. Waiting. And find a place to resume. Take a sip of water. Car alarm. Alarm. Car alarm. Car alarm. Hello. Car alarm. I'm a car. Gasoline makes me wrong. Seat belt. Radio lights. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that from a yeah, thing? Yeah, that's from uh, Dane Cook's early stuff. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I laughed at that. I hate Oh, Dane no. Cook. He was funny when he but first came out. Hmm. That sounds pretty funny. <laughs> it actually. was funny. All right. I'm going to do that whole section again. Mm-hmm. So Grady wakes up in his own bed then, and his mom is taking his temperature. And she says that the swamp hermit carried Grady mm-hmm. home. Not that bad Grady after all. Grady tells his parents everything. Yeah, so perhaps uh, the swamp hermit was uh, benevolent. He was a nice, a very nicey swamp hermit. Grady tells his parents everything that happened, that that Will is the werewolf and bit him. Dad says, that sounds crazy, but I'll go investigate. And when he returns home, he says that Will's house is completely empty, Mm. as if no one's lived there for months. So that's pretty mysterious. Could Will be a ghost? A werewolf ghost? Oh, very possible. Very Mm -hmm. possible, yes. Grady asks if he can keep Wolf, and he says that Wolf saved his life. The swamp hermit had said that he saw Wolf chase an animal away from Grady. So the parents are like, oh, yeah, I guess you can keep Wolf because the swamp hermit brought Grady home and said that, yeah, Wolf did help um, save Grady. The swamp hermit so the parents are brought your ch- pro. They're on, they're on Team Wolf now. Yeah, the swamp hermit brought your child home, critically injured and unconscious, and you believed everything that he told you. Okay. About the about the werewolf, uh, yeah. Well, who, who knows? About... Man? About yeah, what like, happened to your child. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, your child was being attacked in the woods by a thing. And here he is, you know, mm. bleeding from the shoulder. That's a very good point. Badly. A very good point. So. Yeah, it's a very good point. Mm. Um, but the guy at the hardware store said the swamp permit uh, you're right. is you're harmless. Right. You're right. That's so what the guy at the hardware that's, store said. You're right. Yeah. But. Since he's able to keep Wolf, Grady's very happy. And as as the narrator, Grady says, that all happened about a month ago. And tonight is the first full moon since all that happened and completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's telling the story of something that happened last mm-hmm. month. Now it's a month later. Another full moon has mm-hmm. come. 
and Grady can feel the fur sprouting on his mm-hmm. face and his fangs are coming in. Yes, the werewolf curse was passed to Grady when he was bitten by mm-hmm. Will. And now that Will is gone, Grady's excited that he gets to be the werewolf of Fever mm-hmm. Swamp. And he and Wolf go out hunting in the moonlit night. Oh. Werewolves of London. That's the end of your story. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that the mystery of who was the werewolf, we didn't know until like the last chapter. The last like three and pages. Will reveals himself to be the werewolf, gets chased away by Wolf mm-hmm. in about two sentences <laughs> and then it's like all right wrap it up wrap it up this, we're at 120 pages we need we got three more left to go so but yeah that's yeah that's your that's, story that's that 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 wrap-up was a little bit uh, anticlimactic a little bit short you know um yeah. basically playing a game of red herring throughout the book and then um Oh yeah. Yeah, they kept us guessing about that swamp hermit and they kept us guessing about Wolf the dog. Is Wolf going to be the werewolf? Is the swamp hermit going to be the werewolf? No, it's, it's Will. Will. Okay. It's it Will. It was Will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm the werewolf now. So I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, like overall, um do do we rate these things? Do we give these spookies levels or uh Sure. Like uh, I'm yeah. one to 5 spookies in terms of quality. What would you give this guy? None. None. None no spookies. spookies. Yeah, I would. I would rate it fairly low myself as well. It was. Um, yeah. I, I remember just hearing the end of this. I'm like, ah, really? This is how you're going to end it, Mister Stein? Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. No, this was. Yeah, there's not even really much to unpack. We can talk about like, um, Will's origin story mm-hmm. and where that may have come from yeah that would have been an interesting i mean story. do you think that that fever swamp has a long history of werewolves or or is this like a new phenomenon does this date back to the days of the the swamp fever or is this a more recent phenomenon i mean i think we don't even know for sure whether or not the hermit is a guaranteed not a werewolf you know i mean he could just be in control so of it you know he never said i'm not a werewolf he just said i'm not gonna bite you you know in fact, he, he said, I'm the werewolf. I'm the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And I quote, Swamp Hermit said, I'm the werewolf. I'm the werewolf. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damning in but court. But he said, I'm not going to bite you. So. True. I mean, it could be an issue that's gone back for a while. But if it did, then there'd be a family of them. You know, where did Will come from? Why is his house empty? You know, like, who gets him clothes? Is he just stealing it at night? I mean, it's like, the logistics mm. of this don't seem to really pan out too great, you know? We just don't have much information about, like, does Will, like, what was going on at Will's house before? Mm-hmm. Like, Grady never went over there, as far as I remember. So, like, you never met Will's parents. Does Will have parents? Are Will's parents vampires? <laughs> Werewolves? Yeah. We don't know. And what, um, what about the, uh, what's her name? Will's like friend me that punched Cassie. What? Cassie. Cassie, Cassie that yeah. comes into the book like when it's already two thirds over, just to yep. basically antagonize, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know um, whether she had any. Why she? Why did she ever not suspect Will? She, I, don't know. I think she accused Will him. said he'd been there for a few months, so that's a few full moons. Yeah. That occurred in Will's time there. If Will was telling the truth about how long he'd been there, 
So what happened in the previous full moons? Did he do some other, you know, killing? Yeah. What happened to that neighbor, Mr. Warner, I believe his name was, who disappeared? No idea what happened. Yeah, they didn't get back to that. It's like a full person missing. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a werewolf now. Me and my dog are running through the swamp, killing as as we please. You know, like... Yeah. And it, and it seems that the werewolf doesn't really take any, like, steps to hide his kills in terms of animals. But maybe if Will did kill Mr. Warner... When he was like in the daytime, he was like, "Oh, I killed a person last night. This I need to clean mm-hmm. up." And he like actually disposed of the body or something, put it in the swamp bog. Perhaps. Probably in the swamp bog. I, I mean, like if if you need yeah. to hide a body, you know, the bog will eat it up. You know, so yeah. But yeah, that, that this this whole story overall, I think it was this is a weak one. It could be a lot better. It's you know, yeah, I agree. Like I, Justin, do you want to hear a little bit of trivia? Absolutely. So, please go on. So let's see. Let's see. Apparently, uh, according to Goosebumps' official collector cap book, the inspiration for the book came from Arl Stein. After a boat ride in Florida swamp, he saw a deer in the swamp, and the image stuck in his head. So that's where all the issue of swamp deer came from. I see. So this book references Discovery nice. Channel. Nintendo, the Oakland Raiders, Raiders, Orlando Magic, and King Kong. Hmm. Um, so, where are you pulling this uh, information? These this trivias? is from the Goosebumps Wiki from Goosebumps.fandom.com. You can. Oh, I'm on the same page, but I have uh, something. Wait, it's near the bottom. Please, please continue. It's like further down the bottom. Um. Let's see, the original book featured two different book covers, one darker green with a smaller slime border and one lighter green with a purple slime border. Well, we talked about that already. But, Justin, do you want to take a look Mm. at the UK version of the cover? Oh, I should do that. So the UK version of the cover. The wolf and the kid with the swoopy hair. It looks like Zach Morse is is having quite a day. You know, turning into a werewolf. Yeah, yeah it's like... Man, that's a it bad It was cover. really bad. It looks like Zach Morris in front of a dog that somehow got a mousetrap on its genitals. You know? Yeah. So it, it's this is yeah. one of the worst covers I've ever seen. And I've seen some bad Goosebumps covers. How, how would you describe yeah. this, Justin? Oh, it's just bad. It's just a picture of a wolf and a head of a person. And nothing else is happening. And there's really just... There's n- it's not even a picture of like a wolf man. Yeah. It's just a picture of like a wolf and a man. Yeah. There's really nothing interesting here. And I'm looking at the other like international covers. They're all basically just the original US Look, cover. Except. Do you see the one that says Kippenvel? The Dutch one. Het more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dutch version, yeah. George. This one, while terrible. At least there's something happening here. So there's like a crudely drawn wolf in the background mm-hmm. with a paw out reaching towards uh, the arm of a boy. It just looks like he's more disgusted than scared. At least you're scared. animating some kind of scene Yeah, here. the boy looks like he's disgusted, more disgusted than scared. He's like looking at the paw, like angry, actually. It's like, why are you touching me without washing your hands? Do you know who I am? You know, that's mm. the expression on his face. You know, you can look for yourself. Did you, did you see the French version, What's George? the French version? <laughs> With the red. It's like a 
dog with red eyes and a moon between its mm-hmm. ears, and it's it looks like uh like a Scottish terrier more than a mm-hmm. wolf, but it's just very big. Mm-hmm. And there's a kid like backing away from it in what appears a to be field. a wheat field yeah. rather than a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> this is really bad. This it's pretty bad. Oh, wow. But so overall. I gotta say, not the most exciting. Um, oh, go for the go, find the Korean oh, coverage. Oh, okay. I, I already exited out of there. Hold on, let me keep, let me clicking, keep clicking. Keep clicking until cl- you get to the. Korean Will I know version. it when I see it? I think probably yeah. With you got to go pretty, pretty far. far. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow! I'm yeah. guessing this is the Korean one. Well, I mean, it almost looks like it's a wood etching of a wolf. You know. Uh, it's got a certain style to it. I think this might be my favorite of the bunch. Stylistic. It doesn't match like Goosebumps, you know. St- I mean, no. Goosebumps. I think the art of the standard Goosebumps artist. This one looks like it's some sort of Tengu or something like that, you know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, click a few more times to get to the Indonesian Uh-oh. version. I don't know why there's so many different variants. Like, why do they not just use the original cover? The Indonesian version. I mean, it looks like almost. I mean, this one looks like a nice art piece, though. I can tell you that. It kind of looks a little bit like a hedgehog. A little bit. It looks like it's basically, you know, a wolf man with long, you know, slender features. The wolf seems more brooding than dangerous. You know, the wolf looks like it just wants to be left alone. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah. So many different versions. So, so amazing, so bad. But now this was not. I don't think this was Arl Stein's best work. You know. Yeah, man. I am glad we did it. Glad we're back to recording. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna do another mm-hmm. one. I hope it's a little bit more exciting. <laughs> I hope it's a little bit more. I mean, I really enjoy it when the stories get a little bit mm-hmm. silly and mm-hmm. ridiculous. This was just kind of a yeah. This was pretty right down the middle of the plate. Kind of a basic swamp mystery yeah somebody's a werewolf we don't know oh, who. oh this is the werewolf oh it's will oh it's will oh well yeah back back yeah. to back to stuff but well well with that in mind what is what yes, is sir. the next book in the series great question i'm pulling that up right now i think i already know but oh the book is called uh you can't scare me. You can't scare me. I'm trying to pull that up. So that's the next book. That's book number 15, 15. in the Goosebumps series. So You Can't Scare Me by R.L. Stein. Can't scare me. So yep. till then, you could just definitely reach out on our Facebook group, reach out on the Spotify, let us know what you like, let us know what you hate, you know, and... Let us know if you're excited for the next book or if you hate the next book. I'm excited for the next book. Absolutely. Um, We'll do this again real soon. I'm sorry that this was not a more interesting story after such a long hiatus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But hey, we'll keep going. We will keep going as long as you guys keep listening and keep giving us those comments to feed feed this goosebumps train feed this be careful what you cast for train we're happy with we'll do it again real soon yes yes we're happy that you stuck with us and we hope to catch you again real soon